Today we will be talking about the five fountains of salvation, which are deliverance, protection, health, wealth, and wholeness. So we're going to start off our conversation today with this question. What are our thoughts on what salvation means to us? Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a good, good question. I think that um, it's very important that we understand what our salvation means because too many people have the their own perspective of what salvation is based on the you know culture of religion or the culture of the church they grew up in. So I think it's important because because the ultimate end of the gospel is your salvation. Paul said in Romans the first chapter, sixteenth verse, he said, Well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The question is why is Paul not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Because it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. So the end of our, our experience after hearing the gospel of Christ should be salvation. The question is, what does salvation mean to the average believer? What does salvation, salvation mean to you? Um, what does salvation mean to us as an individual? Everybody has a perspective of what salvation means, but we need to understand what the Bible's perspective is of salvation. Uh, but first, um, I want us to, you know, go around and introduce ourselves and say, um, you know, what your perspective of salvation is. Aramis, we'll start with you. My name is Aramis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, my, my perspective of salvation is, is um, I, I see it as and use it like a weapon uh, majority of the time. Um, it is uh, given to me in every aspect to um, abolish, avoid, escape, uh, have dominion over any type of, you know, slavery or, or, or any type of, um, you know, situations that would try to destroy, kill, or rob me. And I like what you said. I like what he said, Rich. I, he said a weapon. How many people see their salvation as the weapon that God has given us to deal with to deal with the one thing that 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 the thief wants to the one position that the thief wants to put us in uh, i think it's important that we understand that that it is a weapon it was god's weapon of choice for the church and for the believer to deal with to deal with uh some of the things that we're going to talk about here as it relates to you know how the devil attacks our life and what what the thief comes to do in our life so uh that's a great choice of words i like that choice of words it's a weapon um, and, and we got to know how to use with, with, with most weapons, Richard, you're, you're one who carries a weapon. Like if you don't know how to use that weapon, right. What's the, what's, what's the use of you having it? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, what's, what's the use of you carrying it? <laughs> if you don't know how to use it, you know what I'm saying? I think it's called a concealed carry. Right. Not that everybody knows. <laughs> I was just the same thing, Rich. Like, is that something y'all discussed that he can say? And that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> No, I mean, right on with them. The armor, I look at it as, as armor and protection as well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, certain things that, well, let me back up. So I, I look at it as a process. So there's a, the day that you accept the Lord and salvation, that's the initial day. You, you have faith, you've accepted it, and that's all that is required of you, technically speaking, right? Mm -hmm. But then the process of living it out, things... You grow into things. You grow into your salvation um, and aspects of the salvation. Right. Um, so part of that, when things come about, you use it as a weapon. You use it as, as protection, as armor to 
avoid falling in the same patterns and pitfalls that you did prior to salvation. Right, um, right, right. And, you know, prior to salvation, you were comfortable doing those things. You didn't really think twice about it. You knew it wasn't wrong, wasn't right, and there's things that were wrong, but something about it never drove you away. Now it's before those things even come, you start to recognize and start to pick up, like, for example, women. If women start talking a certain way, now you recognize, okay, this pattern is leading to somewhere that needs to be cut off now. So the salvation gives you the strength to, okay, it's not going to go down that path. Right. Can't go, can't go further than this. Right. No, that's great. And and, and you know, as we as we um, uh, go through life, you know, one of the things that I, that people will understand about me and and when I teach the word of God, it's it's it's, it's the most practical message that we could ever have. I mean, if your salvation isn't practical, then it's a waste of time. And what you just gave was a practical example of how the weapon of salvation can be used to avoid or to be delivered from uh, some of the some of the um, perils that, that come along in life. And, and I like the words you are using, deliverance. So this this what we call the five fountains. Uh, Avian's talked about the five fountains of salvation and uh, that we're going to discuss. But the five are deliverance, protection, health, wealth, and wholeness. Those there are five aspects. Uh, to our salvation. Isaiah talks about it in Isaiah, um, the 12th chapter, uh, verse 3, it says, with joy shall we draw from the fountains of salvation. So the, the Isaiah reveals to us that there's five fountains, or those fountains are actually wells. The idea is that they're, they're never ending. They're, all, they're, they're a constant source of life for us uh, if we choose to drink from it. So we have to understand that deliverance, protection, health, wealth, and wholeness, and the, the, the portion or the two aspects or the two wells that we're going to emphasize uh, in this podcast is health and wealth. Let me ask you a question. Yes. With those five wells and those two that we're going to emphasize, is there a process or is there an order for those? Like when you come into salvation, like, okay, you need to focus on your health and get that under before you can have the wealth or mm -hmm. how does that, how does that work? Well, I don't think, I don't think there's an order. Here's why. Because you take someone like myself who came out of, a, of, a, of an arena where health was my focus already. So that had, God didn't have to deal with me on that directly because I was already, you know, because of what I did, I always w was very conscious of protecting my, I mean, building up my body, maintaining my health, uh, developing my muscle, my body and, you know, everything from, you know, muscle tissue to, you know, making sure my skeletal frame was right, you know. So uh, depending on where you are when you get saved, you know, um, I would say I would say deliverance. I would say deliverance would be the uh, initial thing because we all go. We all the Bible says we're delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His Son. So all of us initially, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, you become delivered from the powers of darkness. So deliverance would be something that's that's universal that covers every aspect of our life, but focuses first and foremost on on sin and its power. Remember, we're de delivered from the power of sin, the presence of sin, and the penalty of sin. So that's the first thing we were delivered from. Immediately, the protection of God comes comes over you now. Once you are, once you surrender your life to Him, now you you're immediately protected. Now you, the angels of God are alert. They're around you. They're they're protecting you from from hurt, harm, or danger from anything. And then the the health and the wealth and the wholeness. I think there's a process to those. But depending on what where you were or what arena of life you came out of. Like folks might get saved and, and they understand the financial arena of life. So God don't have to necessarily deal with them. The Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily have to deal with them right away when it comes to the financial part. 
I know another brother of ours, Brother Allen, um, one of the first things God began to deal him deal with him was, was nutrition, was his health. Because he was he was neglecting, in a sense, that aspect of his life as he grew up, you know. So it might be that initially. For some, it might be well. One of the first things God began to deal with me with was on the wealth standpoint, you know, because I, I, I was I was making a lot of money, but I didn't know how to manage it. And so um, God began to deal with me on that and put people in my life who understood that. And then he gave me a business and, and he began to talk to me about wealth creation. But because that was a, uh, an aspect of my life that I didn't have no knowledge of, you know, so we have to we have to depend on where you are. I think will determine the order by which God deals with us. And when it comes to the wells of salvation, we, 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 we have eventually we have to touch all of them. Holiness, I would say, would be the final aspect of it, because that that's that's when you have spirit, soul, body, mind, emotions, will, conscience intuition all of those things working together and and you come into a place of holiness so that that will take more time to develop as believers than would the you know the health aspects of it and the wealth aspects of it so the ultimate end to the five wells is to come into that place where we get we get every aspect of who we are as human beings and being created in the image and the likeness of God operating functioning the way it's supposed to function so i think a lot of people i think this is the traditional mindset this is what i remember from growing up in the baptist southern yeah, and, yeah, and yeah episcopalian yeah. type churches it was i'll give them the analogy of a video game you're a character in a video game and as you're going through the game you get to the certain levels and then all of a sudden you make a wrong move and you die and you got to start over and wow. i think a lot of people look at the salvation aspect of life and what we're talking about as the same thing like I'm going along, I'm doing the right things, then all of a sudden, oops, I... I call it flesh flat. I cut, I cut somebody out. Right, I call it flesh flat. Well, flesh. now I'm not worthy of it, I gotta start all the way over. That's can religion, you, son, that's you, religion. You, no, no, I'm a demo. That is, that, is, that is the description of religion like you've <laughs> never heard before. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, forgiveness for God means that. It means like forgiveness, like, like, like forgiveness in the sense that I don't even remember it no more. Like it's over, it's, it's dead. I mean, it's behind you, it, it never happened. So the idea that religion will have you to think is that, yeah, once you mess up, now you almost got to go back to square one and work your way back into that position that you were in before when that's really not it. And this comes with salvation. This is forgiveness. Yeah, it's, the, it's part of salvation. It's forgiveness. The, the first aspect of our salvation is positional. That's what we got to understand. Most folks don't see it that. It's positional. So um, what I should say is two sides of this. There's the positional side. And then there's the vital side, what we call the living side, the life side. Positionally, see, when you, when you experience salvation um, initially, there's a, there's a positional change. Like what, I, what, I, what I used to refer it to was I, when I was playing for the Miami Dolphins, I became a free agent. And then I signed a contract with another organization. Well, I switched teams, so to speak. I changed my position. I could now no longer function as a Miami Dolphin when I was playing for another organization. Well, what happens when you deliver from the power of darkness and translate it into the kingdom of his dear son, you switch teams, you switch positions. So you're no longer in the position of a sinner. You're now in the position of the righteous. Once I'm in the position of the righteous, I am the righteous. Whether I mess up or not, I'm still the righteous. Whether I do good or do wrong or not, I am still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I don't have to start over when I mess up. See, positionally, if you understand the positional change or the position as a sinner, or the righteous, then me messing, just like, just like when you was a sinner and you did some good, there's a lot of sinners that do good. <laughs> that don't make them the righteousness of God. 
So when I get over here and I'm the righteousness of God, just because I have a flesh flash, that don't now positionally make me a sinner. See, your salvation is determined by position first. What position are you in? Whose team are you on? Whose rules do you, do you, do you abide by? So that's what we got to understand. So what you're talking about, religion don't understand that. Religion is a works mentality. You know, they think that, you know, the, the more good you do, the better off you are. Well, in some cases, that's why I, I joke about this all the time. I mean, I say, I say when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised who make it in and who don't. Because you're going to have some folk who you just know going to make it because they just do so much good. <laughs> they ain't going to make it. You're going to have this person. You ain't never heard of them. You ain't never seen them. And, they, and you know they did some, some bad. And they're going to be in there resting because it's not based on what we do or what we don't do initially. But it's based on the position that you have. Either you are in Christ or you in Adam. Can't be in both. You are the you are the saved, or you are the you are the sinner, or you are or you're the righteous. You can't be both. You can't be both. So that's what we got to understand that 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 aspect of you know uh, building and climbing. And, and and I almost want to say it like this: it's almost it's not a it's not a it's not a a building or a climbing in the sense that you would you would picture going to another floor. But it's more about maturity than it is going to the next step. But a lot of times we frame our salvation that way, going to the next step or going to another level. Or no, or no, you know, we make worship songs and it'd be great songs. But it's really about maturity, not really going to another level. You know, Brother Benny used to always say that uh, I'm going to give you all the meat. I'm not going to give you all the milk. <laughs> right. yeah, so like babies drink milk. Right, <laughs> and, right. And grown, mature adults eat meat. Exactly. So that... That mindset of just that's how the salvation should grow. Yeah, right. you should have a, a, a point where you initially some things you just can't digest. You can't get it. You just right. don't understand. Right. But there has to be a you working your way up. Yes, you, know? you have to be. And it's not about a step. It's about a growth. Well, let me piggyback off of that thought. So I feel like after all that you're saying that there may be different um, degrees or levels of salvation. And with that being said, does that mean that just because I came into it and I said, yes, I am saved and I'm no longer a sinner. Does that mean that? I, and I don't know if this is going to throw us off topic, mm -hmm. but does that ultimately throw me into my destiny or should I be going through deliverance, protection, health, wealth, wholeness in order to, in order to get to the destiny and the calling that God has on my life, are there different degrees of salvation that can get us to the end of a thing? Definitely, definitely salvation is in degrees, right? And I would say specifically three degrees. But uh, as soon as, as soon as uh, uh, Colossians, the third chapter says, um, uh, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. The moment, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, and you are, you are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, you've begun the process of fulfilling your destiny. So you are right in it. That's a great question. You are right now on point to fulfill the destiny that God had on your life. Now you have to grow in those, into those degrees of salvation. You have to grow. You have, you have to go through deliverance. And again, again, um, you have to compartmentalize your life. Like your, your life is compartmentalized into these different aspects of life. And so you may need deliverance financially, um, and God will focus on that right now. You may need deliverance, you know, physically from some ailment, and that may come later on. You may need deliverance physically from some mental stronghold, and that may, so it's it's an ever a never ending process as we strive to become who this God wants us to become. But you grow in that, and you become you become that person of destiny that that God would have you to be. 
as you know, I mean, I mean everything, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the soul that got to get cleaned out. There's a lot of inner healing that has to take place. So it's all a process, but at the same time, I'm growing. I'm growing as, as in every aspect as God, as God leads me and as God guides me, as Holy Spirit operates on me. And that's how we have to see it. So what, what could somebody do practically to understand what stage they're in and to get to that next stage? So there's nothing more important than, than knowing where you are. I believe, I believe that's the responsibility of Holy Spirit. He'll let you know who you are. When I say the responsibility of the Holy Spirit, remember, we want to be as practical as we can. So there's two ways. Holy Spirit, if he can relate to you directly, man, he loves doing that. But in most cases, he relates to you through someone else who's, who he's already been working with, who's matured, who's come through some of those processes that you have to go through. That's why we have the five-fold ministry offices. That's why we have brothers and sisters who are mature and low, who, who the Lord will put into our life to help us to grow into who he wants us to be. So either Holy Spirit can speak to you directly and say to you um, and show you where you are. I remember I, I quoted the scripture um, out of the psalm I, to a brother of mine. I said, I, I used to pray this every day. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if, they, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way that's everlasting. And he marveled that he used to pray that. He's like, man, how could you ever pray that? Because I want to know where I am. You know, I come out of a world where, listen, either you did the job or you didn't. Either you made the team or you got cut. You know, so I wanted to know where I was. So I would pray that. And so the Lord would begin to show me areas because I was so consecrated and committed to becoming the man that God wanted me to be. The Lord would begin to show me areas of my life that, that needed to be operated on, that needed to be opened or closed. And once you see that, then the Spirit of God will lead you into. There's no, there's no, um, there's no um, replacement for the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's no, there's no, no one can escape or get away from. There's no substitute for being led by the Spirit of God. No pastor, no apostle, no prophet. Nobody can substitute the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life for not, that's no substitute for. So he wants to lead you into that. So again, there's certain aspects of our salvation that, that, that only the Spirit of God can lead us into. So first thing is you got to be willing to know where you are. Like I was, we was in a conversation, uh, it might have been yesterday we was talking, and uh, Richard said something to me, and I let it go. I said, okay, if that's how you want to handle it. But I didn't tell him it was wrong. I just let it go. And then the next day we started talking about it. And I'm like, well, I think you handled it wrong too. Well, why you didn't tell me that yesterday? <laughs> I said, well, son, you got to understand something. You got to be, he's like, listen, listen. He said, Pops, listen. I don't care what I do wrong. If you don't think it's wrong, I don't care when it is, how it is. If you don't think I'm ready, so what? Tell me anyway. Not everybody's there. Not everybody got that mindset. But he come out of a world where, listen, if I ain't making the right play coach, tell me. If I'm not making the right movement on it, if I'm reading this right, then let me know. So, so there's certain people that you can say directly to right away, that's wrong. But certain people, you know, the Bible says speak the truth in love. The, the timing got to be right. The spirit got to be right. Because the ultimate end is to get to the place where salvation um, is, being, is being lived out in your life. So, uh, you know, that, that going to the next level will require, you know, some operation and some leading by the, by the spirit of God. And we're, we're faced with choices every single day. So knowing where you are, number one, first part of it, right? But the choices that we have, there's good, acceptable, perfect. Three degrees of it, right? So, yeah, you can choose what's good or what's acceptable, right? It may take you longer to get to that maturity level based on that choice. But again, the Holy Spirit plays a, a, a specific role in that. And prayer 
meditation and all that plays an even bigger role in that. Because if you have no type of prayer, no type of meditation on these things, it's just almost you walking aimlessly. Mm. Like, and it's so specific. Me and Alex were discussing something. I prayed about it. A week later, we were just talking about this. A week later, someone comes and presented in my life mm. specifically in exactly what I was talking about and is doing it at the level that I want to do it at. <laughs> right. Just out of, right. I get out the car, bump into this person. Like, right. That but, ain't, but that happens because, because, of, because of how he's positioned himself. <laughs> he's positioned himself, one, to be taught, to learn how to be the man that God wants him to be. He's positioned himself to receive instruction. One of the greatest aspects of being a believer, when we use the term humble ourselves, like so part of your salvation is to humble yourself. Well, what is what, what, practically speaking, what does that look like? That yeah, looks like can somebody. I say what it looked like? What? Yeah. It looked like on a Saturday morning <laughs> when you stand at somebody's house living in their basement <laughs> and they come and they tell you that they're about to replace the roof and it's 20 degrees outside and raining. But you wanted to go to the mall. There's something that has, there's a choice there. There's a submission to authority there of. Amen. How are we replacing this roof with this hammer? And that's it. Amen. But you know, but you know what that shows though? People have to be willing. He's speaking about a specific experience. Yes, I know. You know, oh, you yeah. know baby. You know. We you know. all know dealing <laughs> with work. Papa D right. that he was referring to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. But when it comes to your salvation, there is a willingness that has to come in order to go to certain levels and certain degrees of your salvation because some people will just stop. Right. At a certain point and say, right. nope, I'm not willing to deal with that. Um, I've been doing this all my life. This is how we always ate in my family. Oh my you know, so <laughs> you you have to be willing to to submit mm -hmm. to, um, you know, to the salvation that God has called you to have. Right. I mean, and that's a great point. You said I'm, I had an experience one time, I'll be loved, where I, I, I was called in by a particular <laughs> uh, uh, church organization. To speak on, because um, once I stopped playing football, I started a training business, started baby, and so health and uh, training was, you know, my focus. And so I was called in by a church organization, and they wanted me to talk to their um, their people about health. So there was a group of us that showed up, and then after that, there was um, uh, a young lady who wanted me to speak to her sis sister, I believe it was. I may be getting those parts wrong about nutrition right and so we were on the phone and we were talking and uh she was telling me like some of the stuff that they love to eat i'm like okay well that's that's killing you okay that's causing your blood pressure to go up okay that's gonna that's gonna cause congestive heart failure one day you know I'm, and, and, and you know i'm telling her and she's like well you know what my mama ate it and my grandma made it and they lived today was 70 years old so i'm gonna eat it i said okay god bless you i'll talk to you later. <laughs> See, she's not, she's like not 70 years old. Too. Right. Like that's, like that's old. We promised 120. So, so what I'm saying is, um, to humble yourself, practically speaking, means to be teachable. That I'm willing for somebody to listen, to tell me what to do, to tell me something. As the, the example we gave earlier, when Rich said, tell me if I'm wrong. That's, that's actually humility. That's the biblical aspect of being humble. When somebody can tell you and you're willing to allow somebody to tell you what to do, how to do it and when to do it, what not to do. You need to stop doing that. I mean, that's that's humility. So then, Papa D, since you're, I'm sorry. That's okay, Papa D's good. Go, <laughs> okay. go, go, that's good. So since you're already talking about health, let's let's dive into the health part. Perfect, perfect. So okay, so perfect. So when it comes to your salvation, so so there's two emphases that biblically speaking, when we look at it, um, that that from I'm talking about from the day, uh, 
God put Adam and Eve on this earth, the first thing he told them what a life was, and that was in the, in, in the trees of the garden, right? Even today in Revelation, the Bible says there's, there's healing in the leaves of the trees in the earth. So our, our healing uh, was designed to be manifested through what we ate, how we eat, and the things that we eat, right? So from the very beginning, there's two aspects that from the very beginning, God made sure he emphasized in man's life. The first one was health, and the other one was wealth. The two things he began to talk to Adam about was where the, how he was supposed to eat and what he was supposed to eat. And the other thing was where the gold was, which is God's standard for wealth, gold and land. So uh, gold, silver, and other precious metals and, and, and commodities and real estate would be the, 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 um, the wealth of kings, how, how I like to say it. Um, and then we'll get into that a little bit later on. But the emphasis of the five wells is health and wealth. What's life without health and wealth? When you really think about it, I, I the way I describe it is as it's hell on earth. It's hell without health and wealth. It's, it's a living hell when you when you really think about it. So um, salvation is the solution to your health issues and your wealth issues. And I, this was coming to me so strong um, last few months was salvation is the solution. That's why we have this podcast title. Salvation is the solution. The Bible says he's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything about your life, everything about how God has called you to live is contained in your salvation. It's the ultimate solution. We don't need to look anywhere else. I mean, I mean, we don't need to look to the, you know, the self-help gurus and all those other folks that's outside of salvation because it's right here in salvation. The problem is we don't emphasize it as a church. Our leadership haven't emphasized. I mean, I shouldn't say we don't. We don't do it enough. You may have pockets of people focusing on it, but we haven't wholeheartedly as the church of the living God embraced the, the, the whole aspect of health and wealth the way the word of God emphasizes it. And if you stay tuned to these podcasts, you're going to hear um, and we're going to be discussing the intimacies and the, and the, and the details of, of how God is, has set it up for us to live healthy and, and be wealthy so that we can be a blessing. The, the promise to Abraham. Who, who is the father of our faith that we claim and we shout about and we scream about, his blessing centered around him being healthy, him being wealthy, and him being a blessing, which is the ultimate call for us as believers is to be a blessing, not just to be blessed. So, yes, go ahead. So I want to um, just say one thing for the people that are listening to this podcast that specifically hang on words and are detail-oriented like myself. <laughs> you said we don't have to turn to the gurus and the health threat. So when you say that, I just want people to understand that doesn't mean they don't have biblical principles or information out there. Right. Masquerading that as something right. else. So you can grab and take, but again, it's about discernment. It's about Holy Spirit. It's about well, no, I, it. that's a great point. So what ultimately, ultimately what they're teaching you, like, like, like we can mention, uh, uh, you know, but we want out of respect to that particular person, but whoever you know, they're using biblical principles, like you can't get away from it. They're teaching you biblical principles just without Christ, without naming the name of our Lord. But you can't. The Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust because it's principle. The kingdom of God is not a is not a religious organization. It's a governmental system. It's how we govern and how we live our life. So but they're using the biblical principles. They're just not leading them and connecting them to Christ. What I'm saying is the reason that most believers have to go to the and I've listened to some of myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it in that sense. I'm saying we shouldn't have to go to them. We shouldn't have to listen to certain people be the expert in marketing and listen to him cuss every other word. When I can go to a believer who, who's, who's um, you know, rooted and grounded in the love of Christ 
and they're speaking the language of the kingdom of God that's that's a little more, uh, that's less profane, that's pure, that, that I don't have to, you know, suffer through certain things. But we don't emphasize it enough as believers. We don't emphasize it enough in the church. We don't emphasize our health and our wealth. And we don't get as, as wise as they are in their way, as the scripture says. The children, the children of, of, uh, of darkness are wiser in their way than the children of light. I think I think we need to we need to understand that we need to understand you go look you gonna say that we need to understand that God has called us to be wise when it comes to how to be healthy and how to be wealthy. He's called us to be wise, you know. I think it's very important for us to recognize and realize that that we don't put enough emphasis we don't put enough emphasis on on that part of it. The people, whatever, go so far is because they're driven by money and wealth, right. and and in the church, it's been taught. Well, that shouldn't be your main focus. And, right. you know, having a lot of money is really not what you're supposed to be doing or, or after. and Or they misuse the... I can't serve God and mammon. <laughs> right. right, right. Or, or they misuse the term, uh, the money is the root of all no, evil. Right, 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 right. No, no, you're right. Son. So so what we're going to do, I'm talking about, we're going we're gonna to dive into all of those misconceptions, all of the misinterpretations of those scriptures that people use to keep us broke. That people use to keep the body of Christ uh, suffering and in poverty. Uh, first and foremost, first and foremost, poverty is of the devil. God has nothing to do with poverty, right? We're at war. The gospel of Jesus Christ that people claim and talk about, the emphasis of that gospel is to wage war on poverty. Question is, why did Jesus come? He made a very, very clear claim. That we would have life and life more abundantly. John 10, 10. Right. That statement was Jesus initial or one of his most famous declarations of his war on poverty, because prior to that, the scripture came. He revealed to us what the thief's role was or what the thief's aim was in our life. And we know the thief to be the devil. Go ahead. So most people in the world or most people under religious belief level would say that that's not humility. Being in poverty and not chasing money is humility because you're you're humbling yourself down to a lowly servant yeah. uh, and being a servant of Christ. They, they take that perception of a servant to 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 mean living at the lowest possible right. level. Can, can right. I handle this? Yeah, 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 yeah. How in the world <laughs> is somebody going to be a blessing to somebody else? Right. When they living in poverty, right. they don't put that together with humility. But that's though. a false religion, and, and that's that's an old religious um, uh, uh, doctrine that they use. Actually, actually, that that they use to accumulate wealth. So the same organization that was teaching you to live in poverty was telling you to give them all their money, and they wanted they're one of the wealthiest organizations on the earth right now. And just filed bankruptcy this week. Right, they're one of the wealthiest organizations in the earth. So the same organization that came up with these dogmas and these 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 different aspects to raise money to get you to live in poverty, give them all your wealth, is is this is the wealthiest organization in the earth. So um, it, it was all religion, and it was all you know it was all orchestrated by the devil to keep the body of Christ broke. Because if he can keep us broke, he can, if he if he can keep us poor, he can keep us defenseless, he can make us defiant, he can cause us to be deficient, he can cause us to become desperate and dependent on other people. So those are the five aspects of poverty that, that Jesus came and waged war on. He waged war on when he said, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm not going to have time to go into what those words mean. We'll get into the next episode. But he says, but I am come 
that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Now, there's a way that he framed that, that life that we're to live, that we got to understand if we're going to deal with it and we're going to experience it. But he came to wage war on poverty. Poverty is the root system by which the enemy brings all the other perils of poverty, depression, suicide, sickness, disease, you know, uh, uh, stealing, robbing, all those things. Poverty is the root system to, to manifest all the perils of evil that the enemy wants to manifest. If you can eliminate poverty, imagine this. The Lord spoke to me one day. He said, son, imagine if there was no poverty. What would life be like on earth? It'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful if there was no poverty. There's no love in poverty. The Lord spoke that to my heart. There's no love in poverty. God is not in poverty. God wants to bring us out of poverty. He says, he says, listen, in Psalm 66, verse 12, it says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We've been through the waters. We've been through the floods. But thou hast brought us out and into a wealthy place. God has a wealthy place he wants to lead us into from poverty. We just got to know how to follow and get into that wealthy place and allow the Spirit of God to lead us into who it is God wants us to be. I'm glad that you shared that scripture. Are there any other scriptures that you can share with us so that we can soak in it and get our own revelation about it and have yeah. God speak to us? Are there any more well, you have? The first thing I would say was Psalm 66, verse 12. Meditate in that. Second is John 10, 10. I know, I know that's a very familiar passage of scripture, but it's not what most people bring out. There's so much more to it. John 10, 10. And then ultimately, see, see, um, and we'll close with this. It's going to require, it requires, I'm not saying it's going to require, a wartime mentality. It's going to require more time. Into, uh, I think uh, uh, it'll be appropriate now for us to pay homage to Kobe Bryant, right? We, we're in, the, in his recent death. And what everybody's now embracing is the Mamba mind, what I call the Mamba mindset, right? It's the mindset that, listen, I'm, 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 I'm pressing my way toward the mark of the price. Really? Really? The Mamba, uh, uh, the Mamba mindset is the mind of Christ. I'm sorry, baby. The Mamba mindset is the mind of Christ. I'm going to say it again. The Mamba mindset is the mind of Christ. Jesus was the greatest warrior known to man. You had to be a warrior to go through the cross. And we can break that down too. You had to be a warrior. You had to have a mind to go to war to get through that cross. He was the, he was the, he was the, at the same time that he was the greatest warrior man ever seen, he was the most humble and meekest man the world has ever seen. And so he was, he was, he was the humblest and the meekest, but he was the warrior. And we see that pictured in David's life. He was a worshiping, David was a worshiping warrior. Jesus was the ultimate warrior. But at the same time, he was the ultimate, he was the master marketer. So everything that we're going to talk about, about wealth and business and entrepreneurship, all comes through Jesus. The revelation that we need can only come through a mind that's willing to get to the conclusion of the matter. To get to the end, like what's the what's the end goal in this thing? Like what's the conclusion of the matter? Like like what's the bottom line to this particular thing? If you don't have that mindset to get to the end of salvation, the conclusion of, or the conclusion of our lifestyle in Christ, then you won't be able to receive a lot of what Jesus was talking about, and your perspective of the Scripture won't be what it needs to be because you won't see Him for who God sent Him to be. Like most people think Jesus was a religious figure, He wasn't. The truth of the matter was Jesus was a political figure but not a politician in the way we know it. But he was a king. He wasn't a religious figure. So until we see him as a king, then we'll never understand. What's the focus of a king? The health and wealth of his citizens. That's the focus of a king. Uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 17. God gives us the characteristics of, of a king that, that, that he would put to rule over them. 
in Malachi, the, the first chapter, the, the fourth or the third verse, God says, I'm a great king. Jesus was, was, was referred to as a king and confirmed himself to be a king throughout his life and his ministry. He came as a king, not a religious figure. But we make him a religious figure when, he's really a, when he came as a, as, a, as a political figure. A king with a kingdom, with an agenda, a kingdom agenda. And so within his kingdom agenda, he gives us the principles we call the scripture, we call our Bible. He gives us the principles how to function as a citizen in his kingdom. The focus of a king is always the health of his citizens and the wealth of his citizens. He wanted to create an economy for every citizen to thrive. And that's, that's his focus. So I would focus on those things. I would focus on Psalm 66. I would look at John 10, 10. And I would, I would look at the, the scripture that, that uh, I'll be focused on developing a mindset. Have a mindset to get to the conclusion of the matter. Because then you're now you're ready to receive and, and, and hear what it is you need to hear um, so that you can live out the most practical concept to man, which is salvation. That is the solution. I'm sorry, I got another scripture for you, I love. Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto, meditate in that, salvation. If, if, if I'm talking to you and I'm not speaking to you from the perspective of the end goal, then I'm going to mislead you. That's what that's what's happens to so many of our believers. They're going to get misled. They're going to get to a point, in a, a point in the road, and they're going to stop. Because I haven't told you how to get to, imagine if I was telling you how to get to, uh, you know, Chicago from here. And I told you how to get all the way to in the, uh, uh, Ohio, Cleveland. And then I left you there. Now we're talking about you going to Chicago, but I only give you directions to Cleveland. Then you stuck. You don't know what to do. And that's what happens a lot of times. We never get our people to the end. The end is salvation, deliverance, protection, health, wealth, wholeness. But we talk to them about everything else except those five things. So that's what, that, that, that's what has to change. The mindset to get to the end of the matter. What's the conclusion? I've heard people emphasize Romans 16 for years. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And they stop right there. Like the gospel of Christ is the end. No, it's not the end. I know that may sound sacrilegious to some folks. That's not the end. Talking about Jesus and why he came and down, that's not the end. That's not what Jesus emphasized. He emphasized salvation, deliverance, protection, health, wealth, and wholeness. And that's what we emphasize. And that's what we're going to emphasize here from Salvation Solutions. That's all, folks. Yeah. Okay. Well, that all sounds good. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this is going to be a, a very good time for people to renew their mind yeah. and to think differently about things. So I'm very, very excited about this. So thank you so much. Let me say this. I'm, I'm sorry, babe. Let me say this. So, so listen. So one of the things we need y'all to do, we need y'all to, to comment. If you have any kind of questions pertaining to uh, salvation, to let us know what's on your mind, what you want us to discuss, what you want us to answer, you know, like, share. Uh, tell people if, if this if this podcast has been a blessing to you in any way, then then you're obligated to share this. And that's part of our calling as believers. We're all the Bible says that that we're all witnesses. That you are a witness. And if this has been a blessing to you, if this adds any value to you at all, then you need to share this with somebody that's near and dear to your heart. Um, you need to comment. You need to like and let us know. You know some of the topics or some of the things you want us to discuss so that we can be microscopic in our approach to ministering uh, and sharing with you. Uh, the truth of, of the gospel so that so that your life can be what God intended for it to be. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, until next time, be blessed.